Welcome to You News, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Monday, October 19th. I'm Lorraine Cáceres. These are today's headlines. New fears of a worsening pandemic as we move deeper into the fall. Cases surging in Europe, while here in the United States, only two out of 50 states are trending in the right direction. All eyes on Florida as early voting kicks off in the critical swing state. VP hopeful Senator Kamala Harris hitting the campaign trail there after a coronavirus scare last week. And the latest on a census battle that is continuing to escalate. The Supreme Court could make a major ruling regarding whether or not to count undocumented immigrants. But could potential new Justice Amy Coney Barrett sway that vote? This and much more today on You News, recorded live in our newsroom in Miami. We begin with shocking new numbers from Johns Hopkins University. The total number of coronavirus cases around the globe has now surpassed the 40 million mark. The world has registered more than 1.1 million deaths since the pandemic began. The U.S. has recorded the most cases so far with more than 8.1 million infections, followed by India with more than 7.5 million cases. Brazil comes in third with more than 5.2 million cases. And meanwhile, in the U.S., the daily average increasing to 55,000, while hospitals in several states report a shortage of ICU beds. This, as Dr. Anthony Fauci says, he has, in fact, at times been muzzled by the White House. More than 8 million cases of coronavirus in the U.S., deaths almost reaching 220,000. Scientists warning we are bracing for a dangerous winter. The next six to 12 weeks are going to be the darkest of the entire pandemic. The United States is averaging at least 55,000 new known COVID-19 cases per day. That's more than a 60 percent hike since mid-September. I'm extremely worried and epidemiologists have been predicting a fall spike for a long time. As of Sunday, only two states, Missouri and Vermont, are showing at least a 10 percent drop in new cases. When you have people congregating en masse, not wearing masks, not doing physical distancing, barely using hand sanitizer, those are the perfect conditions in which you get the spread of the coronavirus from one person to another. Hospitalizations are climbing in 41 states and deaths rising in 14, like in Wisconsin, where doctors are begging people to take COVID seriously. People still don't believe this is a real disease. And we're seeing some some dramatic very dangerous situations occurring in our community. Minnesota breaking a record, confirming more than 1,700 infections Sunday. And in Texas, the state now deploying doctors, respiratory nurses, and backup personnel as cases surge in some areas. Dallas County raising its COVID-19 risk level back to red, and hundreds of patients lining up for hours in hopes of getting tested in heart-hit cities like El Paso. This pandemic is not going to go away until we have a vaccine. The timeline for a vaccine still uncertain. Drug giant Pfizer revealing Sunday it's already churning out hundreds of thousands of doses of its experimental vaccine. A company saying it won't know if the shot even works until the end of this month. And then scientists must monitor volunteers for at least two weeks for safety precautions. But to be approved for emergency usage, the company must also be able to distribute the 
the vaccine. Meanwhile, Dr. Anthony Fauci telling 60 Minutes that despite its denials, the White House has in fact tried to muzzle him, preventing him from making some television appearances to inform the public. I certainly have not been allowed to go on many, many, many shows that have asked for me. In New York City, where the positivity rate remains below 2%, officials halted an upcoming wedding with a 10,000-person guest list. Governor Andrew Cuomo revealing the state will now be focusing on what they call microclusters of hotspots, hoping to slow the spread. And it's a critical week for millions of Americans struggling during the pandemic. The Senate has scheduled two votes on a plan that could bring some financial relief to small businesses and those that are unemployed. Edwin Piti has the details from Washington, D.C. Edwin, there's been a lot of things going on in Washington, D.C. regarding these uh, stimulus relief. What is the latest? Hi, Lorraine. That's right. It continues to be very unlikely that there will be an agreement before election date, but the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, is giving the White House a 48-hour deadline for a coronavirus stimulus deal. There has been a lot of back and forth between Democrats in Congress and the White House regarding the language of the proposal. According to Pelosi, this must be addressed in a comprehensive manner in the next 48 hours. Take a listen. 48 only relates to if we want to get it done before the election, which we do. Well, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, so which we do. But we're saying to them, we have to freeze the design on some of these things. Are we going with it or not? And what is the language? I'm optimistic. Pelosi's optimism comes from the fact that she has been negotiating with the Treasury Secretary, Steven Mnuchin. Just last Saturday night, they spoke on the phone for over an hour. And even though there are encouraging news regarding testing, Pelosi says there remains work to do to ensure a good plan for testing and additional measures to address the virus's proportionate impact on communities of color. As of now, Lorraine, Democrats continue to push for their $2.2 trillion bill, while the White House is putting a $1.8 trillion plan on the table with the possibility of adding more funds to it. However, the situation with Republicans in the Senate is completely different. Leader Mitch McConnell saying he will not bring a $1.8 trillion deal to the Senate floor, but the chamber plans to vote this week on a $500 billion plan with a Paycheck Protection Program extension and expanded unemployment benefits. Up to this point, we know that negotiations will continue, but there are outstanding issues between Pelosi and the White House that, of course, includes childcare assistance, school funds, tax credit, election, census, and more funds for state and local governments. Live in Washington, D.C., Lorraine, back to you. Thank you, Edwin, for that report. And And today, early in-person voting kicked off in the key battleground state of Florida. At least 28.1 million people have voted early around the country so far, a new record being set every day. And both candidates are hitting swing states hard in the home stretch. Andrea Linares has the latest. President Trump and former VP Joe Biden heading into the final stretch of the campaign trail. It's go time. Get out and vote. Overnight in Michigan, Trump railing against the state's governor, Gretchen Whitmer, just days after the FBI revealed it stopped an alleged plot to kidnap her. His supporters chanting, lock her up. You got to get your governor to open up your state, okay? (laughs) 
<laughs> the president on the attack, criticizing the restrictions Whitmer put in place during the pandemic and downplaying the threat to her safety. 24 hours earlier, the Democratic governor campaigning with the president's rival, Joe Biden accusing the president of fanning the flames of hatred and division. Words matter. And the words of a president particularly matter. When the president tweeted, liberate Michigan, that's the call that was heard. It was the dog whistle. In Las Vegas, Trump made a rare visit to church, attending this packed indoor service, not wearing a mask. At a rally overnight in Carson City, he continued to insist the country is on the mend, mocking his rival for saying Biden will follow the science. He'll listen to the scientists. If I listened totally to the scientists, we would right now have a country that would be in a massive depression. Meanwhile, Biden campaigning in the critical battleground state of North Carolina, holding a drive-in rally, says Trump's rosy picture of the pandemic is just wrong. Turning the corner, things are getting worse. He continues to lie to us about the circumstances. According to the latest ABC News poll, Biden is leading Trump by 12 points nationally, but his team isn't taking anything for granted, warning Biden supporters that Donald Trump can still win this race. Today, President Trump is heading back to Arizona with rallies in Prescott and Tucson, and that's an area which has increasingly become a problem for Republicans running statewide. The president needs to dominate rural Arizona like he did back in 2016. In Miami, Florida, Andrea Linares, U News. Thank you, Andrea, for that report. In other major news we're tracking out of Washington, a federal judge on Sunday moved to end the Trump administration's changes to the federal food stamp program that would have likely ended the benefits for tens of thousands of Americans. More than a dozen states, as well as Washington, D.C., sued the Trump administration in January to stop the changes, arguing that the time that the new rule would have a drastic impact on localities and their residents by depriving between 688,000 and 850,000 vulnerable Americans of much-needed nutritional assistance. And the U.S. Supreme Court will decide whether it's legal for the Trump administration to exclude undocumented immigrants from the census. The court said it will hear oral arguments on November 30th. President Trump's nominee, Judge Amy Coney Barrett, could be on the court by that date. A three-judge panel is blocking the administration's directive for now. It determined the census should continue to count everyone residing in the U.S. and allocate congressional districts based on those numbers. And welcome back to U News. With air travel at near historic lows, several U.S. airlines are looking to reassure the public about the safety of flying during the pandemic. Luis Mejid has more on what one air carrier is doing to try to keep its passengers safe. If you're flying to Hawaii, prepare to spend two weeks in quarantine. Unless you get tested to see if you're infected. That is why United Airlines started a pilot program in San Francisco to test all passengers going to Honolulu. This test ensures that our customers can get back to Hawaii or go visit Hawaii without the quarantine. The results are ready in 15 minutes, but the test isn't cheap. It costs $250 and is not covered by most insurance companies. There are more economic options if you do it outside the airport. Not only San Francisco is offering tests. 
in Dallas, Texas, American Airlines started a program for passengers to Hawaii and Costa Rica. And in Florida, the city of Tampa is testing passengers that come and go to the airport regardless of the destination. We have the technology. The tests have become ample and we're able to provide them very easily. So that's the reason we're here. We don't know what the next iteration will be, but we will always work to find a way to improve the travel experience. Slowly, people are starting to travel once again, but they will have to travel many thousands of miles before the industry becomes once again what it was before the pandemic. In San Francisco, Luis Mejid, U News. More of U News after this short break. Imagine a daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the story from home and abroad that matter to you. They don't know when they're going to be able to go back to work. Victims also from Mexico and this mass shooting. Officials in and out of the residence. We're going to continue fighting. U News covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. U News, your world, U News on Fusion. Welcome back to U News. And now to New York, where a food crisis for many is getting worse thanks to the coronavirus pandemic. Fabiola Galindo brings us that story. First was the coronavirus. Gotta come back tomorrow. Then came the long lines looking for food assistance. I've lived here almost 10 years and never had to get free food, says Rosalba Contreras. She and her family of three are one of millions of people who are resorting to food banks because of the pandemic. I work at a nail salon and we get less hours now, less clients. It's a terrible situation. A gallon of milk, a box of liquid eggs, butter and cheese are some of the staples she gets for free from a federal program. But activists are anticipating a shortage of food, especially because some federal programs like the Farm to Table are set to expire in two weeks. We are fighting and asking the federal government to extend the contracts. Otherwise, we will only get half of the food we get now and won't be able to help half of the people. They depend on local donations and the emergency food stockpile that New York City set up back in April. In this warehouse, city government stores over 18 million meals. We have products that expire in six months or up to a year. Due to high demand, the emergency stockpile is already being used to distribute food among food pantries, like this one, and organizers fear the food could be depleted before it was expected. If we have 100,000 pounds of food divided by the 10,000 families we serve, that leaves us with 10 pounds of food per family. But a regular person usually gets between 20 to 30 pounds of food. Another fear is that with the winter, more closures and layoffs could occur, making the line even longer. The first time we opened, we thought we would serve 2,000 families, and when I got here, there was a line of 28 blocks. This is difficult times. In Queens, New York, Fabiola Galindo, U News. Thanks for listening to U News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow U News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review. Join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then. <laughs>